The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 49. Yes, yes. Well, it just so happens I have two guests for uh, this particular episode, uh, the Reverend Bob Levy and his son, young Dom Levy. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, what's going on, man? It's good to be here, Mr. Doug. Haven't talked to you in a while. How you doing? Well, yeah, it's been a while. Yes, it seems like it's been ages, but uh, sometimes it seems like it's only been seconds. But, uh, <laughs> but time is strange. It does strange things to people. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, uh, Dom Levy uh, has a, uh, a musical endeavor, a band, if you will, called Black Shelter. And they produced a song that's uh, the proceeds of which will go to help veterans. So. Yeah, basically the band is Tom. Yeah, and Dom. <laughs> he plays most of the instruments, and we have a drummer that actually sings on it. Yeah, and then we're, we're going you know, once we find the right people, then we can get on TV with it. It's simple because you know it's down to like it goes down to it was up to 190 something thousand on amazon rank. rankings from it's it's 100 something thousand from one from one yes but then it went down to 7000 earlier tonight and now it's at 10 which is very good but which is very good you know cuz mm-hmm. somebody like justin humperleg is number one <laughs> you know justin well that's about right uh so, uh, so you're actively looking for uh, new members for the group to fill it out, so that you can go and actually do venues and uh, further promote the uh, Black Shelter name. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've been, I've played with you know a handful of musicians, and what happens is is they you know it's hard to place you know my music. It's not because it's difficult. It's just the kind of way it has. Like the same Joni Mitchell had the same problem. Joni Mitchell's a great you know singer, uh, you know songwriter from. Yes. And she had the same problem finding musicians because everyone would play, you know, this kind of, you know, this way that you would expect. And I like the unexpected. I like experimenting with new stuff. And everyone's scared to do anything because if, you know, oh, if you play this one note that's kind of out of the key, everyone's like, oh, it doesn't sound right. When it really, it, you know, adds tension to the music. And people don't understand that. And I'm looking for people who can understand that and expand on that idea. Yeah, and not be able to just copy you know what they what they've heard their whole life. I mean, yeah. nobody's going to come in and go, "Hey, you sound just like that guy in that song from 40 years ago." Yeah, we're going to sign you to a contract. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So you're looking for someone who's uh, not afraid of the freedom to uh, experiment a little about what they can do and bring their own style to the project. Yeah, we're already proven it's working, and. Uh, you know, and the other songs I think are even better. You know what I mean? This was just something we did for the vets, so it's yeah. a certain style, and we wanted to keep it that way. And here's a fun fact about the song: that song is the first song that I ever wrote, and the first song my dad ever wrote. So it was like you know, going from nothing to that was, I think, you know, a pretty good accomplishment. But our writing has been getting better. You know, my musical writing's been gotten gotten a lot better since then. And my dad's, you know, writing of you know lyrics of you know. He's starting to get into the avant-garde, you know, I can't pronounce it right, avant-garde, uh, kind of, you know, different kind of, you know. <laughs> avant-garde, uh, yes. That's that's it. Or it's kind of, you know, it's it's unusual lyrics, but, you know, it, it's catchy and it, you know, it makes you think a little bit. And the things yeah. that make you think are usually yeah. things that are smart. Yeah, it's basically, you know, the song is about what you think it's about, you know. Like, you're not going to understand what the song's about. Like, that's one thing. If you write a song, like, if I wrote a song... It means that way to me, and I shouldn't spread how it means to me to everybody else because everyone else has different feelings and opinions on different things. So I don't want to force everybody else to have the same opinion as me, so I leave it blank. And it's like, okay, if you hear a story, and if they tell you the end, you're like, all right, that's cool. When they don't tell you the end, you assume, and it makes your mind think for a little bit, and you get right. to a different ending than what could have happened, what the author thought of. So it, you know, it just makes your mind think a little bit. But that's what music is supposed to be about, you know? Yeah. 
It's well, not, that's the thing. Uh, it's often referred to as the zeitgeist, which is a German word, I believe, loosely translated as the spirit of the time. But it's basically trying to capture that thing that you can't quite put into words, but everyone kind of you know, has that experience. And that's what uh, art tends to do, where it communicates things that are very difficult for language in and of itself to do. So music and uh, images and whatnot uh, achieve that. Yeah, like even some of the ones that, you know, when we when we hit the, uh, what is that called? Uh, what did Rudy say? You always have to have a good... Uh, hook? Hook. Yeah. Yeah, we hit the hook, even though you might hit a saying before, but you don't know what it means because of the story that I'm telling before it. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, like a book can have the same words as something else. But the words written around that change how that makes those words change the rest of the story, if that kind of makes sense. You know, kind of, you know, it, you know, like if someone uses the same three words together. Yeah. Well, from a different thing, it, you know, makes a different point. Yeah. Different well, it's thing. right. The same word can mean a different thing in a different context and interpretations. And what it's like, you're bad, but then you're, hey, you're bad. Yeah. 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 Suddenly bad is good. So, you know, it was very simplistic, but that's the idea. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, too. We have fun. Like, you know, we're always working. You know, I've got probably 20 more songs written out, but every time we grab, he'll grab a guitar, and I'll say, hey, try this. You know, I'll play it on the bass, and he, and he gets it, and he goes, let me try this. And then, okay, and I go, how do you like the words to go? And he'll go, no, and then I'll come up with the song. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's we work good together. We really do work yeah. good together. And we've had other people come in during the writing, and they really they never really contributed. All they really did, you know, they added a few little things. But it's like you know, like okay, we've had you know other bands I was in where they would completely take the whole song from us and say they wrote it instead of us <laughs> writing it. And then we have to be like, hey, we fucking came up. I feel like if you came up with the idea, you should still you know fucking get main credit. Like okay. If um this is gonna make no sense because I'm terrible with history, but if uh the, who's the dude inv invented the light bulb? Um, oh uh well it it's largely given to Thomas Edison, but yeah, okay. it, it so was more Thomas than him. Edison, yeah, if he invented it and then someone made it better, he still invented it. Right, right, right. That's that's how I think you know kind of music, and we've had you know problems in the past with people stealing songs from us. And it's you know it's it's you know it's it's but, kind of but our songs are better. Yeah, but uh, you know what I mean. The they just is, well, that's the thing. If you're the if you're the wellspring from which it comes, then uh, these uh, people who stole it aren't going to be able to keep producing it. Once and, but, and, uh, and you wouldn't have the idea from it. Right, and, right. And the thing that's upsetting is like you know you put your you put your feelings into something, and what happens is someone else just takes it and doesn't yeah. use those feelings at all and uses it for commercial purposes to make money. So the whole song is now you know. Has is diseased now, so yeah. you never be the same way that you saw it. Because then you always think of that person that kind of took it and kind of ruined that song for you. Like if someone ruined something for you as your kid, you're always going to be ruined for your whole life. Like yeah, it's like when someone stole your girlfriend, and you're like, you just don't even want to touch her again. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking diseased. Yeah, she's all tainted and stained and <laughs> filthy. Tainted love. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> but that but that's the there's so many of these stories and that's just the way it is with that business and that uh endeavor you know i mean uh the, these bands and they they fight yeah, and they you know it's hard to get them to come together and it's hard to get a band and, and for people to click you know they, they, where they're all in the same wavelength of something it's still everybody bring their own thing to it so it's it, it's hard to achieve that yeah we got somebody coming tomorrow so we'll see you know yeah. And another thing I've known, I've, you know, with the lots of musicians I've played with, like I've met some, you know, like the other night when I went, I went to an open mic, you know, it's like, it's like everybody, okay, it, it's hard to understand because there's a different spectrum. People think they're good because they don't, okay, like, okay, this is going to make music, a little music theory talk right here. <laughs> People that, you know, think that they're good to a certain level because they don't know anymore. So, like, I, I study music theory, so I know there's a lot more. The people who don't study it think they're the best because they don't think there's any more. And there's a lot of that in music where people can play Eddie Van Halen on, like, okay, like, uh, you remember the kid that was on, like, uh, Fox or whatever? And he played, like, Eddie Van Halen's Eruption. Yeah. yeah. And one said he's the greatest guitar player. But then you ask him to play over a G minor 7 groove, and he goes, uh, uh, I don't know what to do. 
and yeah. it's you know it's it's you know it's upsetting because if music's just turning into how many notes I can play, and which I mean it's happened in the past, you know, with upright bass players, how many slaps you can get a minute, which was something you know with the 1910s, you know, back then. But it's like you know music's just turning into this kind of thing, like oh look at me, look I can make you know look at my body, not you know what's in the material of the music, which then you know it hurts the music business. And one thing I've always you know kind of thought is you know management and music don't mix together, and the only good management. Is people who are musicians because they understand it. All management does is they see a product and they want to sell it. That's almost like yeah. you're, you're you're a manager of a store, and you have this thing and you want to sell it. You don't care about it. You just want to sell it, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So then you lose that connection between the you know it, it loses everything and then. The, well, the, I mean, management should never have anything to do with the creative part of it. You but know, that's they, they try to but, take over. Exactly. That's the, that's always been the bad part. When you when you had a good marriage between management and artist was when the management just stuck to the numbers and promotion and that sort of thing, whereas the artist was just going to have to come up with uh, the actual end product. And that's become increasingly unnecessary these days because, well, you know, you can you, you don't necessarily need a label anymore. Well, yeah, and we're finding out of the ways to be able to sell songs I I came up with and. Uh, I'm going to check it out. And some other things I've noticed, too, is, you know, with the music business. Like, okay, uh, I, the, why some of the management, once again, the control? It's almost like, okay, my dad's brought this point before. Well, kind of. I'm going to kind of use this point and kind of form it into one of my own. Um, you know how you see the club owners going on stage during comedy shows? Because yes. they want to be a part of it because yeah. it's their business? Yeah. That's kind of how management thinks of music. They want to be a part of it because, hey, they can do a little bit of this and they think they right. can add stuff. When they're really, they're, t- they're you know, destroying no original ideas and trying to force their own ideas in, which really, you know, it sucks and it it ruins it ruins people who want to become musicians because then they have so many times where they've been let down by management. We've known people, you know, yeah. That, yeah. that have been let down by management, and it's you know it's upsetting to see that because you know people who were so good are let down so much and it kind of just ruins their taste of something they used to love and now it's something they dread. Yeah, yeah. you you have to be able to uh, do what you want to do. And just say, okay, when you can manage better than what I can do, then I'll give you a chance. Yeah. And that's the only way to do it. You know what I mean? Because, like, I was never a songwriter, but I was, then I just, I just sat there and I just can't, you know, it got better and better and better and... And and it's like I show him the words, and he's like, "Wow, this is fucking amazing," you know. And we we probably have like about ten songs. Now. Yeah, we have a, we have a whole we have a whole album basically done that we kind of put together, and we still have, you know we're starting to work on the second the second one. You know, we're still working on stuff on the first album because there's still some little things you know I want to change and all that that I'm I, and that's one thing you can't you know I've realized is you can't write a song in one time sitting down. I mean, you can you can at certain times, yeah. but you have to kind of you know. You know, keep looking at it and keep changing it. Cause if you, well, that's the problem. When, when do you let it go? Because you know? <laughs> then you're going to think, ah, damn it, I could have done it this way. And well, even, yeah. even when it's in the studio, you know. I, I it love changes it. in the well, studio, another, too. Another thing I realized, too, is in the studio, recording songs now is honestly useless. And why I say this, you know, this is a broad point. While well, recording songs, you know, it's basically what music is. If you're an artist like how I am, if you sell any of that, you make nothing. Right. Because what happens is the companies that are paired with it, they take all the money, and that and they take you know they take a high percent. Like um, uh, 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 what's the one? What's the one streaming thing? Sim, not simple. It starts with an S. Stream. Um, oh, Spotify. Spotify. They only you only get once like about like a, you know, a fraction of a cent per play. And yeah. what happens is you don't get that money. The money goes to the people who are on top of the charts. So what happens is you're getting screwed over no matter what, yeah. and you're helping people when you're trying to help yourself. Which means, you know, it's just, it's, it, the business right now is just, it's corrupt. Like, okay, you'll see, okay, if you see an artist shoot up out of nowhere and you think that they're unsigned and all that, they are signed and that's why they shot up. That's one thing I realized. Yeah. See that, you always just, you know, and then say, <laughs> oh, we're, he's, they, they got signed because they hit the top. So it's like that perfect story. But yeah. it's something that's all planned out. Everything in music business, I'm pretty sure, is all planned out and everyone knows what they're going to do. I mean, if you listen to any pop song, they sound just like each other because they're selling. That's a thing. The uh, thing to s- make a lot of money is to s- do something catchy that, you know, if someone plays a melody, boom, you're always going to think in your head, and you're going to keep listening to that. Yeah. There's tricks that people do to get you to remember that. Like one trick that I feel like kind of works that 
I don't think, you know, I, in my mind, it works. It's if you have a good song, I feel like you shouldn't make it long because if you make it short, it makes you want to listen to it again, get yeah. more plays in the song, yeah. put you higher on the charts. Yeah, that's true. That's That was always the uh, mindset of singles in the old days yeah. uh, to yeah. get those out there. But that, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, it's like I, I came up with a new way that I think can work that, you know, we don't have to go through this. If somebody wants to buy this song, they'll buy it direct. It, I mean, it's, it's, so it'll be different. You know, it's almost like people just selling at Walmart, you know, like ACDC did. But yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll I mean, then Walmart's taking some of the, uh, you know. Yeah, but I'm doing it on my own because we're going to come up with a thing. Well, ACDC is going to make something out of that because they're ACDC. Yeah. But, and the, and the thing is, when you when you do it on your own, then you lose a lot more potential fans because what happens is now there's no platform for you to be on where you can ha- be seen by people. You're only on your own platform. Well, you yeah. I mean, to make money off a recording is very difficult at this point anyway uh, because of the way the technology is. No, uh, but the whole thing is on the road. And getting on, cause, once yeah. you get on TV. If you get on TV, my plan would work because of the fact they have to buy directly. But another thing that sucks, too, is about being on TV, as I kind of realized, is that dude, they've let so many bands on TV now. You know, I've noticed is that it doesn't make you special that you're on. It's not like, you know, you're on the Ed yep. Sullivan show because what happens is back yeah. then, you know, it would be big band. Yeah. Now they let any kid who can play, you know, a B chord and have a girl <laughs> singer that go up there and she... And for, now she's famous now because, but not really. People watch it and they go, "Oh, that's cool." They don't really check into it. That's how I honestly believe it could be different. From no, it can be different if you get on there with the right stuff. But there, there is garbage on the late night talk shows. And, There's bands that are never going to be big. And the one disadvantage I see with the kind of music I write, I write you know, kind of unique kind of things. And I'm not, you know, I don't say unique is like I, it's you know, it's bad, but. It, it, certain people are going to like it and certain people aren't. Pop music is liked by a lot of people because ca- it, it has the, si- the simple fundament- fundamentals of music. It's catchy, it's simple, and it's something that you can just, it's readily available. It's always in the ra- in the radio. But when you have different kind of music, you know, of course, like Joni Mitchell, you have Jacob Astoria, my favorite bass player and composer. He He's only liked by that certain group of people who like it. So it makes it harder for people to be unique because now you're losing more people and it forces you to go popular. And that's why you see a lot of people... You know, kid kid bands that try to be pop bands. Like I saw one recently, and they 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 weren't, they weren't that good. I'm gonna be honest. And what happens is, it, it, it's ruining the business because now it's taking away creativity and it's forcing you to be this way. If you want to make millions of dollars, you want to do all this, do this. And if you don't do this, you're gonna end but up we, nothing. But we have enough songs that are going to catch well, of course, people. Of course, we have. You know, uh, like our songs are a lot of different genres. But I mean. It, it it doesn't you know of course make us famous of course you know it can make us you know different pe- genres like us which I understand your point and all that but on if you look you know in the top of the charts right now is you know you know techno music and all that in pop song which I know we don't do because but I don't we can change that uh, that can oh, be changed it, it, easily it's hard to change because too many people are scared to do anything and plus record companies they, own everything and there's no way you can get past record companies. Yeah, well, if if somebody wants it, they're going to take it and they're going to push it because it is unique. Well, why would they take something unique that they're taking a chance on if they can take something that they know is going to get sell a lot? Well, of they records? always want to categorize it because that makes it simpler for them. Yeah, uh, but they're going to they're going to want to uh, take a chance because well, they it don't is take unique. chances anymore. Taking chances means your business can be destroyed within a day. No, not when you have uh, uh, six songs in the album that could be a hit. And I think we have that. Oh, no, I don't disagree with you on that. I'm just saying, you know, a business... Okay, Dad, put it in a business. Pretend you own a store. And pretend there's some unique items that you feel like could work somewhere. And then also, uh, so you sell, you put them in the store. And then you have stuff that you know that sells. Which one would you want to do to make more money? Well, th- this is a different thing. No, it's it's kind of the same idea. It's, it's kind of, <laughs> if, you know, if you want to sell something... You get something that's, you know, something well, that you know. We're not would sell. having problems selling anything now, no, I'm not saying and that's just the first. See, what one. they'll think is that uh, what you are is is like a, a niche market. So there's people out there that are hungry and looking for that sort of thing, but they'll they assume want, that they're, they're, it's a small number. So they want it to come back. Well, yeah, and I know, that's but the yeah. whole thing. thing. You know, a lot of people. It, it's not. It's not that big of a group that want this kind of music to come back. Which it's not really coming back. It's more. I, I write kind of music. And the music I write is it's it you know has the older aspect. It's more modern because I know 
you know, business-wise, if I want to sell, I have to do something I like and I have to do something I hate. There's always, you know, things, you know, pro things, you know, that I ha I want to do and things that I don't want to do, but I have to do that to get somewhere. Yeah. That's why I write a lot of my music more modern stuff, so then I can kind of, you know, get a chance to, you know, live the dream. But yeah. you know, in this day and age, there's so many people that are thinking that way, where it's, you know, it's almost improbable for that to happen. But you know, I mean, in certain cases, you know, I mean, that's one thing a bit in music business. If you have connections, you know, it's good. We do but have even if you have connections, it doesn't mean all stardom immediately. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the Foo Fighters, man. Well, you look at the Foo Fighters. They're the that biggest was band that's out there right now. Yeah, and playing rock. Now the Foo Fighters made their name a long time ago. Yeah, so they, they and that's set. They're set for. For life, you know, if they want yeah. to do a show, they'll get it. You know? Yeah, but basically, don't. Well, yeah, basically, what, what Doug's saying is they they were they made the music around time where there was rock music. Yeah. What do we have now? We have pop music. We have these sappy music. If we try to do something that was okay, imagine this. Okay, imagine you're in the 1960s, and someone tries to release an album from the 20s. They try to do 20s, you know, big band music. Yeah. It's not going to sell, right? Right. Okay, but but it's only going to sell to the people that but, enjoy but, that. So you're selling it, but not to everybody okay, in the pop. Okay, uh, but pop yeah, you're missing the point. In the '60s, basically, you had the Beach Boys, you had all the soft shit. Then Black Sabbath came around. Well, that was that was Led that. Zeppelin came along. Okay, so that's then, what so, okay. that's what they're okay. looking for again. Okay. Well, now no. the problem is, is that these things have happened. You know, you're talking like. Uh, you know, sixty years almost <laughs> of music. No, it, this that, this is different music than you know. It, yeah, it, but to arc it, it, it like is, that, it is different. It's you know, I mean, there's some songs I wrote. Like there's one song. I'm not gonna. I don't want to say names because I don't want anything to get stolen because in this business it's just full of thieves. But um, you know, it's 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 kind of like a um, you know, alter, alter alternative rock song. Yeah, it's it's. You know, it has it has you know its chorus. You know, it has that really boom boom ba da da da. It's almost like a kind of you know pop punk kind of song, which is something I dislike. But it's that kind of that same idea where I have to do things I like and do things I don't like to try to get somewhere because you can't go somewhere doing everything you like. You always have to take away. You always have to take, you know. Yeah, that's why I say to him, we have to this song. He goes, I don't like this song. I go, this song is a hit, and it's got. You know, something that's, that people I mean, are going to go crazy yes, over. Yes, the song can be a hit, but there's different opinions for different people. You came from a, a time. Let me explain it to you. Now, here's a little age <laughs> difference. I'm not, you know, throwing <laughs> anything. There's an age difference where, um, you know, around your time, this heavier, you know, kind of stuff and all that, that was kind of the thing. That was, you know, that was your time. Now we're living in a place where everybody's only been exposed to this pop music, and that's all they've heard. So they can go back to it. And there's, a, and there's those group of people like me that <laughs> go back and look at that. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, when I was a young lad uh, in the late uh, 80s, when I would have been around Dom's age, uh, back then pop was king, too. Uh, a lot of what was pop then is very similar to what you have now, even starting back to the, the Britneys and into the boy bands and then the now you've, uh, I don't know, Katy Perry or whatever. It's all that same shit. And uh, that was what was king. And then uh, as far as rock goes, you'd had to go to the hair metal bands like, like what Bob likes, you know, a lot of those different guys. Then all of a sudden, alternative rock came in and the, the grunge people. And then all, yeah. and all that stuff, including pop, and it was dead for a while, for about, about five years. But we're and and we, that but but that was what appealed to me at the time. Now alternative rock was really grunge was one part of it. Alternative rock went into all different kinds of different. That was a bizarre time where there was all kinds of different uh, styles. They all put them under that one category, but it didn't really fit because you would have Nirvana and then you would have Beck and then that kind of, none of them were alike, but they would all be there. And then it you know then it died and then pop came back with a vengeance and never left. And the reason why the you know grunge sold is because it was something new at the time. You know the music yeah it was different. Yeah, the music that we're doing, there is some new el elements to it. I l always love, you know, uh, it's like electronic music, you know, kind of, you know, that kind of. Yeah, some of that stuff I like too. You know, I, I enjoy. I enjoy almost every type. I listen. Yeah. To, you know, this might be crazy. I listen to rap. I do listen to pop. I'm not trying to be like I hate pop. Yeah. I listen to every genre. Yeah. Then I pull all those genres apart and I try to write something because I'm gonna right, write stuff right. that I enjoy. But I always have to put those things in, like the Beatles. Do you think some of their pop songs, you know, they pro they. You know, they probably had to write them to get somewhere. You yeah. know, because then you see the Beatles later, and you see exactly what they wanted to write. So you have to always, yeah. t you know. Take well, the Beatles, you're seeing that was so early at the time they had, and that's what's impressive because they had to come up with it on their own. Their only real influence was '50s rock and roll, and they had yeah. to progress from that. So you know, you get tired of the same thing over and over. So yeah, it was pop music for them at the time, but it's leaps and bounds beyond what we call pop music today. <laughs> Yeah, but even and like then the, when they grew into Sgt. Pepper and White Album and all that, then yeah. you really see the progression there. 
and that's what's so great about it. You but don't see that anymore. The, the fight has just begun. We have it on on the uh, alternative. alternative, alternative music. Right, yeah. Yeah. It does sell uh, good on yeah, there. The thing about yeah. uh, the fight has just begun. It's, it's an interesting song, written wise. The verse is written. It's the chord that I'm using is an E minor add nine chord, and the, you know, an E add nine chord has that really open sound, and a lot of you know, kind of um, alternative rock songs have that. And that's kind of the idea I had. And then the kind of chorus has that kind of you know, like hard kind of the fight is just you know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, putting those two elements together, you know, makes that kind of thing. And then the chorus has that kind of you know, almost Foo Fighters feel, you know, where it goes, where it's da 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 da, and it kind yeah. of has a metal feel because I did listen to heavier uh, stuff. You know, you might not, uh, you might not, you know, agree. It sounds like metal or something. But it's just where it came from in the thought process to come up with that part. Well, yeah, but that's the good idea. Well, you take the influences and don't just copy something, but you, you take that as your, you know, the yeah, mixture well, of what you build something new. You simply wanted the song not to be taken away from right. the words Yeah. by throwing in a crazy lead. Well, yeah, and turning it into something silly. Yeah, so, know? I mean, but we have tons of other songs that you know, we do have slow songs, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, we have, you know, we have some that I've written where it's almost like, okay, one of my favorite types of styles is Motown R&B stuff and all that. I have one song that starts off, and it starts off on some really R&B type chords, and, you know, Motown type chords, and it goes into like almost like a southern kind of rock, kind of, you know, just DCG kind of thing. But, it, you know, it, I like incorporating different ideas together, because when you put ideas together... That's what kind of, you know, makes you a little different. Because then someone will say, I like that song in that one part. Okay, listen to the song. Um, okay, it's on um, Ozzy's, uh, what, that, what's an Ozzy album where it, where it changes that it changes that one point, Dad? Uh, I, don't, I don't live to not. Um, it's a song where it starts out heavy, but then it goes into this more kind of, you know, Almost like reggae kind of feel, like bum 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 It's I don't know the name of it right now. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's what it's called. It's called I Don't Know by Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, uh, Rudy played on <laughs> yeah, it. Rudy, and you can see, you know, it has that. Huh, that's funny. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what are the odds? Yeah, I, I just caught that. Well, <laughs> that's why you couldn't remember it. <laughs> question, I answer my own question with my idiocracy. But that's what we do. We, we have all different styles. Of, yeah, but th I mean, that, th when you have yeah. all different styles, I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm not ripping apart our music. I'm just saying from a... Um, you know, from a, uh, a manager's point of view, is oh, there's like you know all these different styles. How am I gonna sell? Yeah, this how, to how do I sell it exactly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like a Zeppelin album. Okay, Zeppelin had two things. It basically was all blues driven. Every single song. Yeah, but there was yeah. there was some really heavy rock in but there too. All blues driven. Yeah, yeah, but blues was the origin point from where they came. It, you know. And and that's what ours is too. But well, yeah, uh, you know, but yeah. there is some rock and yeah. Oh, and uh, nothing sounds like a blues song, you know. Oh, there's little components that you don't notice. Well, yeah, yeah but know, like I said, like the biggest influence on, I, I know Bob doesn't like them, but uh, Nirvana and Kurt Cobain was Creedence Clearwater Revival. Now, it's hard to believe that, but that's true. That was one of their big influences, and that's where the wellspring came from. That, but it doesn't sound anything like it. Well, they, you know, if you break it down, you could hear some of that, but, but so yeah, that, that's how you. You know, you make your own thing. You come out as you—you you got your tools there of past works, from which you uh, spring forward. Rather than just doing what pop does, is just—it's just a steady copy. And another thing I have with you know music and all that is you know I, I mean it would be great to become famous. It's always a great thing to do. But I, I always think that there's kind of you know a better feeling when you can do the music you want and not come famous because then you're still releasing the emotions that you have and yeah. you're not forcing out some emotion that some 16 year old girl can sing along to you know yeah. you're forcing out emotions that everybody can sing along to yeah Although, well a know, song that has some longevity to it mm -hmm. yeah uh, and that's what we, we go for we, we go for every song that we go for we definitely think is a hit there's no doubt in our mind yeah. you know and yeah. we'll go over it and change words and change chords until I mean, we have it I've perfect. Added, on the one song that we have, I added a um, I added a twelve string acoustic guitar to it. It's a heavier it's a heavier song, but it has that twelve string to kind of give it a you know more of a full sound, and it gives it that interesting kind of sound because it comes in kind of ba -da 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 -ba 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 -ba. but then you'll hear kind of an acoustic guitar kind of thing, almost playing like kind of you know, but you know it's it's hard to explain, but it's like. It, you know, it gives it that interesting kind of feel. And I always like adding little things that you wouldn't expect in a song. You know, yeah. you don't expect a song to go da 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 But when you add that little thing, that keeps the viewer's attention. That's right, why right, right. I mean, that's even when, you know, okay, orchestral stuff. That's why people listen to it. There's a lot of interesting things going yeah, on at once. Yeah. If it was just, you know, and it, 
there's always things and there's all these things going on at once and that's what keeps your attention if you're into that but if you're not into orchestra music you think it's nothing yeah so that that's why you have when you have all these unique ideas that keep people's ears you lose people's ears at the same time that even happens with pop music a lot of people hate pop music because yeah. they kind of they know where it's going, and when people ex- know where something's going, there's nothing you know. There's no risk about music. Yeah, there's nothing know? exciting about it. Yeah, I I would have suggested that the record companies pick up the uh, genre of experimental. Oh, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful genre. I'm yeah, that. that's the way it should be. It's not alternative. It's experimental music, and where you can hear the work in the song. You know, I, and I, I tend to appreciate one, that. I heard this one thing. This dude did a, he he mixed electronic music with jazz. Yeah, yeah, right. What he did was, it was like all this electronic, you know, wow, 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 you know, kind of, you know, thing. But he had a jazz composition going on at the same time. It was very complex jazz-wise, you know, it's, uh, you know, parallel sevenths and all that. Yeah. All these crazy things that sound, they all mix very well together. It's a very interesting thing, you know. It's something that, you know, you hear and you're like, wow, this is, you know, this is, this is, you know, what jazz is going to become. Or this is what electronic music's going to come. Because it mixes both things in a way where it's still, <laughs> you know, you can still say it's either or. Which I find is fucking fascinating. Yeah, and I, I find you know when I find the best musicians are the ones that take risk. I don't like you know I mean I like the Beatles. I don't like their pop songs because they're easy. You know in the beginning you know one four five stuff like you know that kind of yeah. stuff. It, it, you know it brings no interest in my mind. You know kind of that thing. But I like the kind of more complex stuff like the song she's leaving home. The string part is amazingly written. It was written by um uh, George Martin. Yeah. He wrote all the string parts. He was a genius at it. And it, it would add so much to the music. And that's what I enjoy more than, you know, a simple catchy melody. It's something that catches my brain instead of just catching, you know, yeah. my instinct. And a lot of times the Beatles did not, like Paul McCartney didn't want, you know, the long and winding road. He didn't want anything on that. And yeah, well, that was, Phil, that was fun. Yeah, that was Phil Spector screwed that up. Oh, Phil Scott. Yeah, that was the one album George Martin. He was overseeing it when they were making it because it was supposed to be a a, a live recorded album deal, and it, it all fell apart because they were mad at each other and stuff. And then uh, for some reason, Lennon was all in love with Phil, Phil Spector all of a sudden, so they brought him in to make the uh, Let It Be album, and then you kind of got the crap you got. So that's why you know McCartney f- was fuming over that for years, and he came in and did the uh, Let It Be Naked thing, and that's the result of that. Yeah, but I think it sounds better with the orchestra in it. Oh, you know? course, orchestra well, that's the one we all know, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, you would be saying the complete opposite thing. I'm not saying if, if it was the other way around where you only heard the part without the orchestra, yeah. you might be saying, I like the one without I know, that's, yeah, that's what's weird. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the orchestra part has these little extra twists in it that I kind of enjoyed, you know. Like, but you yeah, know, they kind of play around with the chords and all that, and it kind yeah. of you know resolves a lot. It's it's a, it's an it's an emotional thing, and not a lot of people can wrote a, a write. I can't, you know, I'm still <laughs> at the beginning of my writing. I can't write that much of emotional stuff because not a lot of stuff has happened to me in my life. So I write about stuff. I mean, my dad will write the lyrics. I write, you know, the music, and you know, then you have that kind of, you know, barrier where you have to kind of combine them together, and you have to find that way. And yeah. sometimes, you know, it's hard. You know, we have to, you know, we have to find our way around it. You know, we'll argue, but we'll find our way around it. And that, and then I think that makes a song have a different meaning because then we remember, you know, we had all this trouble. You know, we were, you know, angry at each other, but then we found our way around <laughs> it. Found our way how to make this something. You know, make this a product. Yeah, it takes work. Oh, it does. It, it, it you know. It's like, you know, a lot of people say, you know, like radio is something easy. All you have to do is talk. It's not because you always have to be thinking. You can't just have dead air just like this. Like, because then everyone's the show. Yeah. Because then what happens. Oh, you people, scared me for a second. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, everyone goes, what? See, yeah. that's a, you, you, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense because, you know, then you're not running a show. To, to do a radio show, you have to have, you know, intelligent people. Do it, saying intelligent things, or sometimes you know, with like the Opie and, Opie and Jimmy show, saying no uh, uh, intelligent things at all. But that's my <laughs> opinion, and I said that. Yes. Well, but, remember, uh, we do have Kensel as part of the Bob Levy show, so. Oh, Kensel's amazing. He see he that's that's why that, that's why I enjoy his kind of sense of humor. He's unique. He's gold. He's yeah, unique. yeah. Well, what a prize. There's nothing that changes about him. He'll never change his opinion. Thank God. You know what I mean. 
and it, that's what I like about him. Like I remember, yeah. I was over, I was you know over when we were recording, and he would just you know he was reading this news story that you know just happened with the you know there was like an attack in like Berlin or something with the you know Middle Eastern, and he would add all these like Mary Poppins quotes in there, yes. and someone, you know, <laughs> he's like uh, a woman lost her leg, and a teaspoonful of sugar will make the medicine go down. Like what, what are you talking about? You know, it makes it, it makes no sense, but it's just hilarious. That's what makes yes. it funny. That un- that's what comedy is: unexpected humor, and that's yeah. why I love kind of, kind of crazy. It's thing. putting the right people together. It's like a band. It's putting yeah. radio is putting the right people together, oh, yeah. and that's you, what we did. You just got to have that click, and it's, sometimes it's just happenstance, you know. And I don't think anybody has that click, whether they they can say that yeah. they do or not. Well, I some did, but it's gone now. And, and yeah. another thing, you know, I, I, do, I do, you know, say shit about Kenzel. I'm just joking. You know, he's, yeah, what, know. what's great about his humor, you know, I'm joking sometimes, but I'm just kidding. But <laughs> his humor is that he can make you picture things. And when he makes you picture things, he's in your mind then. And you, and you, you think wow. like he does. That's fucking terrifying. That is. That's, that's a horror movie right there. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's what the songs do, too. You want them to be in your mind. Oh, definitely. You kind of Yeah, well, yeah. And like like we were talking earlier, I said it reminds me when I was in advertising, (laughs) briefly. But it's the same idea where... Uh, you know, like a lot of times you'll think about an ad. There's no ad that ever convinced me to buy anything. But the the, the goal was never like subconsciously choose that one, and that's how it works. Yeah, Taco Bell shits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, I could go for some shits right now. You know, yeah, Taco Bell. There you go. <laughs> Taco Bell, your ass will never feel the same. <laughs> like, like I said on Twitter, Taco Bell. Their new slogan is Taco Bell. Uh, make a run to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't put any of the stains on my wall. Yeah. What if they what if they did that? Like he built the wall and all them just they just shit off they the They probably wall. would, yeah. They probably shit all over it. And they use like the shit like mountain slide down on their cardboard no, it, boxes. It'll be graffiti all over it. Oh yeah. You know. It, but it well the graffiti see. only go two feet tall, they can't reach any higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, with all the golden tees on it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, you know, if Trump doesn't win, we're in deep shit. Oh, because if Trump doesn't win, then we're just, you know, to like the, this fierce kind of thing where like she's going to, you know, she's going to bring in all of her, you know, judicial, you know, people and they're going to take away, you know. Well, that's the main life. that's the main damage right there. You know, because she can't do she can't do anything, but she no, can no. bring people in that can do something. Yeah, but people are going to uh, have a lot of stuff and they're not going to be. Believe me, if she lets illegals in here and they start doing shit, you know, fucking raping women and that shit, there's going to be a war. Well, I mean, this stuff's already happening in Germany and all that. Yeah, but, wait, it, wait, that's, wait, it's, wait, but that's not let here. You, let me explain to you. If, it's basically if Hillary gets ele- elected, you know, it's going to be this kind of PC zone. And women get raped, but they're afraid to go to the police because they're afraid they're going to be profiled as a racist. So yes. that's what America could become, and nothing could happen. It can just be a more PC area. Where no, you're afraid it, to do so. it's going to be the Wild West. Well, you don't know that. I, I do I, know I that know because point, I, I, I do know that because I know uh, millions of people that are on my same brain level of this. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to put, I'm not going to put up with shit. You know what I mean? I'm going to be prepared. Nobody's going to fucking stab me. Yeah. You know, but then the law will be po- against you. I, what am I gonna do? I don't care. What am I supposed <laughs> to do? Get killed? Fuck that. I mean, Hillary's already le- bending laws with the email thing. So what makes you think that she's not gonna bend laws when she's in office? She just can't win. She just cannot win. Well, by the looks oh, of it, oh well, I don't do not underestimate that woman. <laughs> I mean, like Trump. Right. Like Trump, I, I, I support Trump and all that, and people, you know, oh, fucking racist. No, I'm not racist. But let me explain something to you. He's doing a he's he's doing terribly right now. It's because he's saying the wrong things. If he what's he okay? This is something I I, I um I forget where I heard this from. Uh, but it's kind of he, he spent more time in the last month attacking other Republicans than attacking Hillary. Att- Hillary's going right at him. Yeah. If he goes right back at her the entire time and doesn't stop, it'll be he'll start pushing his way ahead. All he's doing is he's, he's attacking the people that got him where he is. He has to go and talk about what he's going to change, how he's going well, to make gonna it happen, better for people. What's going to happen is if, if he does that, no one's going to take him seriously because everyone's – no one's – okay, anyone who's against him doesn't listen to his speeches. You know, there might be a minute amount of people that do that. 
But most of them are going to say, oh, you know, build a wall. He's going to get all the immigrants or he's going to get all the Mexicans out. No, no one's going to listen. That's how my school is. Everybody thinks that. And, you know, <laughs> those people that are in my school are the next generation. So you got to worry about that. The people are literally going right to ideas without even going in and checking. Without it. even knowing facts. And that's what's scary. And that's why Hillary Clinton's winning right now is because people are just blindly following her, not knowing. OK, there's a, um, a young Turk. No, not the young Turks. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Alex Jones. He had this. He had this whole thing. Yeah, the Young Turks. I, I disliked him. Alex Jones. He's a you know great you know broadcaster yeah. and all that. What he did is he is he had his uh, correspondent go out and tell people Hillary quotes that Donald Trump said, and they disagreed. Although yeah, that's what yeah, Hillary I know did. that's how they, somebody's and always they did, doing they, that. They, and, and they it, did the same thing with Donald Trump's thing, saying Hillary said it, and yeah. he goes, and people go, yeah, I totally agree with her. Yeah, yeah. They have no fucking clue. They, it's like they're kind of like, you know, like people I know in my life. They follow the leader because they don't know how to think for themselves. And what happens is, okay, like, okay, I had an argument with some kid, and I'm going to tell you a story. I was, in, I was in school, and it was like near the end of the year, and this one kid came in. Someone said, oh, he's a Trump supporter to me. And, this, and he's like, oh, you know, you know, he, this is when Bernie was still in the race. And he was saying, oh, you know, Bernie, Bernie's trying to get free college and free weed. And I said, <laughs> what the, I said, what's some other things he's doing? He's like, fuck you, you racist. Yeah, it's like he he only wants it because you know Bernie's oh free weed so I can be a loser for the rest of my life and free college so I can go there and learn about the same beliefs that are like like uh, the un you know biased beliefs you know against any conservatives and they can just learn leftist points of views for the rest of their life and live in their bubble of safetyness and when one person says one bad thing go to the police because they said oh well you know the, you know crime statistics are kind of real and they say no that's not real. No, this is all fake. You're bigots. You're racist for for looking at these facts. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. I mean, the, the obvious problem here when you've got that slaughterhouse going on in Chicago, and then you have Black Lives Matter over a, an erroneous story about a guy who was supposedly begging for his life, and a police officer murdered him. When it turns out, no, that's not what happened, and yet continued to spread that line. At the same time, like I said, a slaughterhouse in Chicago, but that narrative doesn't fit because it's black on black crime. And you know, here's uh, something funny. I don't know if you if they care about Black Lives so much, why aren't they in Louisiana right now? Well, exactly. You see that video of the guy who was saying, "Hey, where's Black Lives Matter?" <laughs> so you know what they're doing right now? They're planning their next. You know, their next. Well, you know, Trump kind of hinted this, so we're gonna go out and then they hear about a police uh, who shot somebody who who uh, you know charged them with a gun. They're gonna be like, "Well, he you know he grew up in a bad neighborhood. He didn't have the right thing." Right, so, right. So, the excuse of why he did so, it. So you're yeah. saying so uh, you know so basically I can use that same thing and say the people who flew the planes into the twin towers. Well, well, they they learn differently. You know, we shouldn't. Well, exactly, them. exactly. Now, the, the interesting thing about this, this was uh, there was a a, a speaking speech that uh, Dinesh D'Souza was giving, and this uh, leftist professor was calling him in down on it because he was talking about the history of the Democratic Party, which most people don't realize is the party with the Confederacy. They created the, uh, the Ku Klux Klan. They were behind the uh, Jim Crow laws and all that stuff. They voted for. Uh, 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 zero for for any blacks to vote. Well, yeah, they were blocking all that. They, they all those amendments that gave the blacks yeah. their rights, their rights to vote. That, the Democrats were blocking that. So yeah. uh, this guy was saying, "Yeah, but that's that's back then. That's not the party." But the whole leftist argument, especially when it comes to uh, black people. Well, uh, usually revolves around what what America owes the black people for what it did to it, and uh, you know we wouldn't be here if those races hadn't achieved their achievements and all that. And says, yeah, well, if you apply that to the actual source of that, which would be the Democratic Party, then the Democratic Party would be the chief uh, uh, debtor to the uh, reparations that blacks would be owed. And uh, they, well, oh no, 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 that's not true. But but how? Whenever you apply logic to a leftist argument, it falls apart. Oh, you become a bigot immediately. Well, you you agree with Trump? What do you think they should they should lynch blacks? Oh, you're yeah, right. Well, that's just lazy. You yeah, know, they, they have mean. no. You know, okay. There was um. Uh, never mind. I, f I forget what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> well, you know what? We're almost got an hour here of rambling on. <laughs> we ended up on Trump. Boy, everything's about Trump these days. So, uh, you know, we'll do it again sometime. Uh, but I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, we'll take a little break, and then we'll come back with a little episode of Night Night. And then we'll finish off the show. But uh, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, doing the Nelson Show. I greatly appreciate it. And, and uh, uh, you, you can listen to uh, Bob Levy and his show on this very uh, RadioMisfits.com network. That's right. And so, uh, again, thank you. Anytime, brother. Love it, man.
You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Say, gang, want to help out your old pal, Mr. Nelson? Well, you can. Of course, you've heard my ads for my Society6 store and my Selfie store of all those hilarious little videos. Yes, 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 yes. Well, now there's another store uh, similar to the Society6 store, but some products are a little bit cheaper. And there's a few more, including the Mr. Nelson hat, Mr. Nelson t-shirts, several kinds of t-shirts, even the value t-shirt. And it's all at the Mr. Nelson store courtesy of Zazzle.com That's Zazzle.com slash the underscore M-R underscore N-A-I-L-S-I-N underscore store (laughs) Yes, it's just that simple So head over to the Mr. Nelson store and select some sort of apparel you can have Yes, all different kinds of shirts some of which are shirts that uh, represent some of the movies I did at my self store Uh, Some even represent the Bob Levy show and for the ladies yes some little undergarments with my face on them <laughs> oh yes ah bumper stickers posters little buttons and pins all that good stuff and plenty of other kinds of shirts yes and of course like I mentioned the value shirt at $14.95 it's a steal mm-hmm, yes so head over to the Mr. Nelson store zazzle.com slash the Mr. Nelson store that's the underscore Mr. underscore Nelson underscore store and by Mr. I just mean MR yes 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 it's just that simple yes yes so please uh Help me out, won't you? Thanks. Uh, this is Bubo from Night Night, uh, and you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show. <laughs> Previously, Boy, night, night, they sure raked you over the coals. <sighs> I duffed. You know, uh, I was just looking over my portfolio. Turns out, I own KRP-TV. Whoa! So, City City News is going to have to find another studio for their shitty smear machine. And now, Night Night continues. And now, it's time for City City News Special Report, now live. Because if it's not now, it's not live. City City News presents Free Speech Under Siege. And now, here's Sally Sue. Hello, I'm Sally Sue. We're bringing you this City City News special, Free Speech Under Siege, because City City News has learned that billionaire nightclub tycoon La Richmond is attempting to sell KRAP-TV, which could mean the end of City City News. We asked for comment from Mr. Richmond on this matter, but we have, as of yet, received no answer. Some have speculated that Richmond is upset at this news organization's reporting on the recent success of former so-called supervillain Pink Elephant's Club Gentleman, which has been wooing patrons away from Club Night. If true, this is a truly sad development, as punishing City City News will do nothing to cure Mr. Richmond's business failures. And no news organization should be punished for pursuing the truth, no matter where it leads. But our opinion is obviously biased here. So, we wanted to know what you think. So, we sent our own Holden Cox to get the views of the people on the street. Holden? Well, thanks, Sally. Uh, excuse me, sir. I'm Holden Cox with City City News, and we're wondering if you've heard the news about City City News. No. Would. Well, Lyle Richmond is going to sell us off. The, uh, there might not be any more City City News for Cityopolis. Yeah. All right. Hey, ma'am, uh, what do you think of City City News being sold and possibly taken off the air? Um, well, that's too bad for you reporters. But, um, well, I really like Maury Wire. That's all I ever really watched on that program. Uh, okay. Uh, what do you think, sir? Hey, 
Well, no hard feelings against you personally, you know what I mean? You gotta have dudes. But, of course, uh, you know, uh, I got kind of tired of that buddy guy. I mean, he kept interrupting entertainment tonight with his dumb sports blooper show. I mean, it'd be alright if he would just shut his big fat mouth up while we watch the clips he's got. But no, he's always got to say, oops, oops, drop the ball, oops, oops, fell on my ass, oops, oops. Yeah, okay. Hey, I'm not finished yet. Yeah, well, that's enough. Well, up yours. I hope Richmond sells your asses off and you never work again. Ah, uh, as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, we let everyone have their say. We're not just a one-sided program. We're an American program. We're City City News. Sally? Thanks, Holden. Well, we don't know how this will all play out. We hope we can continue to stay here and continue serving you, the people of Cityopolis. If only Lyle Richmond will let us. Good night. This has been City City News Special Report, now live. Because if it's not now, it's not live. This has been a production of City City News! Winner of the Rich Man Award for Media Excellence! Winner of the Rich Man Knighthood Award for Journalistic Integrity! And winner of the Rich Man Foundation's Award for the Truth to Power Award! Later that night, in the night's lair... Boy, Bobo, sometimes these night-night masks can get really itchy. Hey, man. Hey, you been watching the news? Why? So I can watch it die? Well, they've been doing stories about you selling off KRAP-TV and slamming your Lyle Richmond name. What? They've already ruined my night-night name. If they trash my Lyle Richmond name, I'll have nothing. I mean, how many identities can I develop? Yeah, well, bad enough we was losing customers to that damn Peak Elephant Club gentleman. Now we're looking bad on account of being owned by you. Well... They won't be around long enough to do any serious damage. Meanwhile, once I've figured out this Wiener Winker mystery, we'll have more than enough to destroy the reputation of shitty, shitty news. <laughs> shitty, shitty news! <laughs> but I thought you said his tissue was saturated with mind-altering drugs. Yes, but I've yet to conclusively identify the drug, let alone its source. Well then... Uh, how'd you know it was mind altering? The nightmare computer told me. Well, then ask the computer where the shit came from. Oh, but, well, yeah, yeah, I know. And later, after the computer has delivered its findings. Good lord, what? According to these findings, the chemical compound is similar to the chemicals the pink elephant has used in his hallucinogenic weapons. The pink elephant? Well, what would he have against Wiener Winker? I don't know. Wiener Winker was always kissing his ass on TV while trashing my good name. Wait a minute. Could any of those chemicals have, uh, addictive properties? Why, yes, they do. Well, then I bet that bastard has been lacing his drinks with that shit in order to get his patrons addicted to club gin. Hmm, of course. I mean, I knew all along, Smedley, as I was merely testing you. Oh, man, this ain't Boobo you're talking to. Huh? It's all starting to make sense now. No, it ain't. Shut up, Boobo. Yes, it would take the sick, vile mind of the pachyderm prince of crime. Who? The pink elephant, damn it. Oh, pachyderm, yeah, 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 yeah. Talking to me like I'm slow. Oh, man. But yes, the evil, twisted mind of pink elephant who would poison his own customers for greed. Well, you better get off your ass and do something, because with everybody addicted to this shit, we'll have to close club night down. No! I will not allow my arch enemy to destroy both sides of my life. Move on! Get your ass up and into the night cruiser. Oh, boy! Fenton, you anonymously emailed this chemical evidence to the police. Once they view it, they'll send their officers over to Club Gentleman, 
where they'll find a badly beaten ass whooped, bruised, duck pig. Huh? Well, uh, why will they find him like that? Because that's how he's going to be after I'm through with him. Oh, man, why not just hand this evidence over to the police and let them handle it? No, Smedley. This time, the elephant went too far. This time, it's personal. Will Night Night finally bring the pink elephant to justice? Will City City News survive? What about Club Night? Find out in the next exciting episode of Night Night. has been a Nails In production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? And now, it's time for the Nails In Ratings. Witchy commentary by me, Mr. Nelson, on all things concerning life, culture, entertainment, and whatever else the cat may drag in. So, Fear the Walking Dead is back on. This is the uh, spinoff of the popular The Walking Dead series. And so far, uh, when it started off, you know, uh, of course it was different from the other series because it's showing you how the the plague broke out and uh, what happened to society uh, falling apart and all that and how fast it went and all that. And that's what made it different from the other series. But now that they're full on into the the zombies have taken over, it's it's the same show, just a, you know, a really watered down version. (laughs) Because, I mean, a a copy is still just a copy. And... uh, pretty much makes it uh, unnecessary. Uh, there's really no story to tell here. I, I mean, I, even the material they, they covered in this first new episode, which was all about uh, Nick, uh, the, the the young drug addict guy, who, uh, in this kind of covered material, he's already covered. <laughs> you know, I mean, it showed, it explained what, a little bit of what happened to his girlfriend there in the first episode, where you see she's the first person you see that's turned into a zombie, and he sees this, and he's, ooh, and now we get a little bit of her backstory and all that, which is a little bit interesting, I suppose, but not enough to really uh, win this show over. And then there's a really bad scene in there. There's these uh, crooked guys, and there's always these crooked guys who run around taking advantage of the situation. So there's a bunch of guys running around just killing uh, zombies and uh, living people uh, for the hell of it, apparently. They didn't really seem to be stealing anything or anything. And then... Uh, well, once again, uh, karma's a bitch, and uh, the zombies get the drop on these guys, and they get the drop on them in kind of a stupid way. I mean, and the guy, he, he seems to see Nick, and then suddenly he's scared, oh, and he's struggling with his bullets, and he, he can't he can't load his gun in time, oh, and his two other guys just stand there kind of stupid looking, and oh, the zombies get him, and he dies. It's really bad. It's just a bad scene. I, they should have come up with some other way for this to work. <laughs> But, uh, so that was really dropping the ball, which I'm surprised because, uh, the crew that does these shows is usually pretty good, but there's just, but again, uh, even if they had managed to, uh, you know, hit everything right, it's still uh, pointless because this is sort of a, just a different guy doing what other characters have already done in the previous show. And again, uh, what's the point of this? You know, it says, well, it takes place uh, on the east, I mean, on the west coast. And, and now they're in Mexico. And so we haven't seen zombies in Mexico. <laughs> but it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, and I, so, and of course, they're going to walk and run into weird people who do strange and bad things. And, yeah, we've already seen that. So uh, what the show really needed to do to differentiate itself from... Uh, from Walking Dead was to make the virus the main character and by that I mean explore its origins uh, find out what it's really about and maybe there's no one who can really solve the problem but you could kind of lead that up to it I mean there were scenes there in the early uh, the first season there uh, especially with the character Strand who was this mystery man and there's this big mystery about he he seemed to know things you know and it's never really explained why he was locked up where Nick was locked up. If you've watched the show, you know what I'm talking about. 
because he wasn't sick or anything. They were putting up people who were potentially sick and could, you know, spread the the virus and all that. That's what the military was trying to control. But Strand was it. Uh, he seemed fine, and I don't know what he was doing in there. So the only other conclusion you could make was that, well, they locked him up because they knew him and he was in on something. But uh, no, that wasn't the case at all. <laughs> And his big secret was that he had a boyfriend in Mexico, which I don't see what the big deal about that was. So, you know, and apparently he's been this con man type guy or whatever, but he fell in love with this guy and whatever and all that. But it's, so there's really nothing to Strand, not really. Uh, and of course, there's hints that Madison, the you know, the mother of Nick, and that she's got some dark past. So I guess she was a drug addict, too, because they're kind of throwing that in there that she understands Nick's problems and all that. So, but that's all very interesting and stuff, but it's just another soap opera tacked on to The Walking Dead. And, uh, you know, they could have just made these characters in the, the, the regular series if you wanted to. Because uh, having a whole other series, just is, it's not necessary. So, uh, in order to justify this series, I suggest they rethink that and go after uh, the virus. Uh, my, uh, it's probably a little late now, they missed some opportunities here, but they really should. Unfortunately, I happen to know that uh, creator of Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman, uh, was uh, gave a brief interview before the show came out, and he said, yeah, the idea of doing a story about a bunch of scientists trying to find a cure for the disease, that bores me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he's too lazy to take the challenge of figuring out how to make that into something. No, he's just going to redo what he's already done, and that's a bit of a problem. So, uh, I, you know, they got a good cast. They got some good actors there. There's some good atmospherics here and there, and it's sad because it's going to get wasted. I'm afraid that show uh, uh, is going to die, and it's not going to come back. <laughs> So, at this point, I don't know how to pull for it. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep tuning in, but I don't see much of a future for it, at, as it is now. So, I suggest they do reconsider uh, making the virus uh, character in the show. So, two stars for good atmospherics. Uh, well, maybe even a third star, for because uh, I do like the actors and some of their performances here. But I uh, can't give it the full five, because, like I said, uh, it's just a copy of Walking Dead, and uh, well, why take the copy when you can have the best? The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com, so any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they'll be promptly ignored and or blocked. That makes a show. Uh, that's a good show. We talked about a lot of shit. Yeah.